0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 209, entitled Getting Feedback About Your WordPress Product. It was published on Thursday, the 10th of December, 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and just a couple of quick things before we begin. Head over to our website, wpbuilds.com, and there you will find all of the content that we produce each and every week. There's quite a lot of it. If you'd like to stay in touch with what we do, then head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You'll find that in the menu at the top. That link will take you to a page where you can join our Facebook group of over 2,700 very friendly and polite WordPressers. You can also sign up to a couple of email lists to be alerted as to when we produce the podcast on a Thursday, and also we do a live version of the weekly WordPress news, we're calling it This Week in WordPress, that comes out on a Tuesday. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. We've got a deals page at wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, and if you'd like to advertise on WPBuilds, then go to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise and get your product or service in front of a wider audience a WordPress-specific audience, a bit like these guys did. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Well, use A-B split test. You can use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. So, episode number 209, I said it was entitled Getting Feedback About Your WordPress Product. Today we're chatting with James Kemp, who is the developer behind Iconic WP. That's a suite of plugins to enable you to enhance your WooCommerce website. But that's not what we talk about primarily today. Today we're talking about another plugin which he's got called Simple Feature Requests. It's a WordPress plugin to enable you to get feature requests about any product or service that you might have online. You've seen This kind of thing with SaaS apps before you can look at a roadmap of different features that have been requested. You can vote things up and down. You can make comments and so on. It's really nice, and the fact that it's done in WordPress means that it's really easy for you guys to get into straight away. There's a lightweight free version, and there's also a Pro version. I've actually used it, which is why I got in touch with James. I think I was using his support to begin with, and then decided that it would be a nice topic for the podcast. Anyway, if you've got a client that would like to gain product feedback. Or perhaps you've got a product yourself or a plugin yourself or you've got hosting or whatever it might be. This might be a nice WordPress solution just for that. Those of you that decide to look at the pro version, you might be interested to know that James has offered the WP Builds listeners a ten percent off voucher. Use coupon code WP Builds ten. That's lowercase WP Builds ten. Get yourself ten percent off the pro version of simple feature requests. We didn't get into a conversation about how long that code's going to last, but surely it will last for a few weeks after the podcast is ed, and after that, I'm not entirely sure. But once more, the code WP Builds ten to get yourself 10% off simple feature requests. I hope that you enjoy the show. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Thank you for making it to the interview. I am joined today by James Kemp. Hello, James. Hello. Hi, this is James and I. This is our first encounter. We've um, we've kind of met through Facebook Messenger on a number of occasions, but that's about it. So it's the first time we've spoken. I've got James on the podcast today because I want, to, I want to give him a chance to talk about a plugin which I've bought from him, which I've used and really like. And whenever I buy something and I really like it, I think it's really nice to chat to the author and figure out why they did it and so on. Um, we'll get to that in a moment, but Pretty banal question, if you don't mind, at the beginning, James. Just tell us a little bit about your your background and journey and how you ended up fiddling around with WordPress plugins and so on.
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually studied uh, music technology at university. Um, so I spent a lot of time in studios and uh, music studios and producing music and things like that. Um, nice. And I started developing websites as a bit of a hobby uh and it was in flash at the time hmm. um when i left uni there was nowhere to really work in the music industry so i kind of focused more on the website stuff uh, and managed to find a job which was far away from me at the time and um, but i kind of live in the midlands now um and they hired me on a very low salary um, and it was there that I kind of started working with WordPress. It was right at the beginning of uh, when it started getting popular, I guess it was, mm. it was around 2009. Um, so I worked there for a couple of years. And then it was actually there that I made my first plugin for WordPress. Hmm. Um, and that was a plugin that allowed you to integrate Magento blocks into WordPress. Oh, nice. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So it could, the, the sites that we built there, uh, if we did e-commerce, we always used Magento. Uh, I think WooCommerce wasn't necessarily a thing at the time. Yep. It was probably JigoShop, and it was probably just starting, I would mm. imagine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, we used Magento a lot, and, and I built out this plugin that allowed you to bring blocks over and the blocks would be things like you know the navigation from the site or the mini cart um and it kind of allowed you to get your wordpress site and the magento site looking similar nice um so a good way to kind of put your blog or a shop into a you know merge them together
0: yeah yeah i remember playing with magento well building quite a few customer client sites on magento and. It, it 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 was the death of me on many occasions.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I I
0: sold that plugin eventually and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I re- kind of almost refused to go anywhere near near e-commerce after after my experiences with Magento. I just <laughs> I could never seem to find the correct documentation for anything that I needed to achieve. But uh, anyway, that's another story. Sorry, I interrupted. Carry on.
1: No, that's fine. Um... So, yeah, I, I built out that plugin as a free plugin uh, and released it on the WordPress repository. Um, and I decided to try and monetize it a little bit. Um, so I built these kind of add-ons for it. Uh, i trying to remember what they actually did. It was quite a long time ago now. <laughs> uh, I know I had like I had a single sign-on add-on. So if you log into Magento or WordPress, you would also log into the other platform. Nice. Um, and I basically set up on Code Canyon, uh, which is part of the invato network mm-hmm. um and at the time they would set the prices for you, so I think the plugins were between ten and fifteen dollars uh essentially lifetime licenses, yeah, yeah um and I did pretty well on there, so i I left that job where I started learning WordPress. Um, and I, I went out on my own, I set up a company with, with a friend and we did, you know, a lot of web design, essentially a a web design development agency, Mm -hmm. um, did that for a couple of years. And during that time we would, uh, be building a lot of sites for clients and we kind of transitioned, like I said earlier to Jigoshop, shop, uh, and then over to WooCommerce when that became a thing um and we would build these features for these customers and they were built in a modular way that meant i could then release them you know as plugins for other people to buy uh so the first plugin i actually built for woocommerce was a plugin called woothumbs uh and this was 2012 i think it was released wow right right way back yeah yeah um and again, I released it on Code Canyon, and I built up this portfolio on Code Canyon of uh, like three Magento plugins from from when I was doing Magento stuff. And then I think I probably had 10 WooCommerce plugins. Uh, and like I say, it was this WooThumbs plugin, and we had a QuickView plugin, um, and some other ones. And eventually decided to transition away from Co Canyon. This was probably 2017. Mm. Uh, I think I started in 2016 and finished moving everything away in 2017 um, to eventually sell only WooCommerce plugins uh, on my primary site, which is now iconicwp.com. And that's what I do now full time so
0: how did it's interesting because i've spoken to
1: a few people um
0: a few people who started on code canyon well envato and you know so on selling mm-hmm. themes and plugins and you know little php snippets and things like that and um i was just wondering was it was it a wholesome experience did you enjoy it or was it from the outside looking in because i've never communicated with anybody that's running that platform or what have you it, it sometimes feels like you know, a race to the bottom a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it when I joined. Uh, it, it wasn't a massive thing, you know. There wasn't that many authors on there. Um, so I I was actually an elite author on there by the time I left. Hmm. Um, so I never I never experienced the being at the bottom thing because. Hmm. The bottom at the time is probably the same as the top is now. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think there was um, a lot of people who made a very healthy living out of seemingly, you know, very very modest little plugins or whatever that just did a, a small thing but did it really well. And it it was kind of the go to place, wasn't it? That didn't seem to be less people setting up their own shops and uh, and so on. I've certainly bought lots and lots of things off there in over the years. But so you moved away. Decided that you were gonna just so did you basically pull your stuff out of Code Canyon into Iconic WP? I'm just gonna call it Iconic because that's the actual name, but the, the website, as you said, is iconicwp.com. Did you are you still selling the same stuff essentially that you had on Invato, but now under your own auspices?
1: Yeah. Uh, so we still have Wii Thumbs. Um, we still have most of the same plugins that we sold on on Code Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh with Thumbs is actually still one of our top sellers, which is interesting. So it's been, you know, eight years since I built it. It's changed a lot since I initially released it. Um but yeah, we're we're selling the same products plus new products that we've we've built out. It's a really you know, there's a
0: pretty impressive lineup. I've just counted and I assuming that everything that you have is on there. You've got thirteen 13- Individual plugins all handling a different aspect of in interactions with with woo um, and then you've got a, an option on there to sort of like bundle it all together is that right is your is the iconic bundle is that the entire lot
1: yeah uh, hmm. there's there's actually another plugin which I haven't published on the iconic site yet okay um, which is flux checkout we we acquired it uh, earlier this year. Um, So at the moment it's only sold on fluxcheckout.com and it's essentially a a mobile friendly checkout experience for WooCommerce, Um, which is included in the Iconic Bundle. Uh, And the Iconic Bundle is, there's three different ones and they kind of focus on different things. Um, But the the kind of key one is the all access bundle, which gives you access to all of those plugins uh, for 30 sites and at a much reduced price yeah really
0: like you essentially by the time you've bought 3 of your other plugins you're in you're winning by buying the yeah. bundle aren't you and you get another another third, well you get another what 11 thrown in for the bargain as well i mean it absolutely handles everything and i i i confess i i had not um, come across your stuff before so it's really refreshing to come across a completely new and fully fledged out um, suite of things. So I'll just run through them for the sake of anybody listening who's not heard of Iconic and what they do. There's there's one called WooCommerce for single variations. Obviously, I hope, hopefully the name will, will propel you. Towards going to Iconic WP and looking at these, there's Woo Thumbs for WooCommerce, WooCommerce Attribute Swatches, Iconic Sales Booster for WooCommerce, WooCommerce Delivery Slots. Hmm, bet that's useful at the moment, actually. WooCommerce Quick View, WooCommerce Linked Variations. I'm going to stop saying WooCommerce at the beginning of everything. Product <laughs> Configurator, Wish List for WooCommerce, Accounts Pages, Custom Fields for Variations, Bundled Products, Quick Tray. My word. There's everything in there. Um, it, wow, amazing that it hadn't uh, sort of crossed my radar. Is it a? Is it still a growing business? Are you sort of like, you know, seeing an, an upswing, especially of late? What with all the COVID that's happened?
1: Yeah, definitely. We're we're um, we're growing year on year, uh, and like you say, in the last three months, we've had our best months, um, and that's due to people buying the delivery slots plugin, like yeah. you say. Yeah. Yeah. I suspected um, that would be the one. <laughs> that was probably our, our fourth highest seller normally. Uh, and it's overtaken everything by, you know, double. Yeah.
0: Um, well, so that's
1: that's doing really well.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, although the thrust of this podcast is not that if you are into WooCommerce and you have not checked out um, Iconic, definitely go and check it out. I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes, but the reason that we've kind of segued and gone in that direction is is to eventually pull ourselves around to the conversation that we're going to have. Um, and that's because James decided that he needed uh, he needed customer feedback. He needed a bit more data on what people were wanting him to build in the future, I guess, or adaptations to the existing plugin and what have you. And so that brings us neatly to a different URL. And I'm going to ask you to go to simple feature requests, No no hyphens, no no, nothing, just simplefeaturerequests.com. And over there, you're going to find his WordPress feedback plugin. So am I right in saying that? Did you use? Did you build this to scratch your own itch?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I built it specifically for Iconic, uh, and you can find it at iconicwp.com forward slash feature requests. Um, so you can imagine with 13 plus plugins that we've got, Uh, kind of maintaining a consistent list of feedback was starting to get quite tricky. Um, So I looked at some of the options that were around. Uh, I I know WooCommerce themselves use user voice. Um, There's Canny. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but they're all essentially SaaS based um, and they, they limit me or you in terms of customization. Mm -hmm. They they don't necessarily fit in with the branding or flow of your, your own site. Um, and the other thing is that you obviously don't own or, you know, you can't manipulate any of that data that that gets given to you via those systems. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to, to simplify it a bit and and just make it essentially a custom post type on, on the WordPress site that I already had, um, and, you know, save myself the hassle of logging into some different app to see what people wanted and figure out how to make it look good. Um, so yeah, I built out this plugin and it's, it's evolved since I initially built it and you can add, you know, categories. Uh, different statuses for the feature requests, mm. and so on, uh, and it's it's styled around user voice, um, so it looks similar in the way that it presents itself to user voice. Yeah, the um, the reason that I'm uh, I've kind of stumbled across
0: this is because I was looking for something, and I was in fact courting the idea of shelling out on a monthly basis. Um, for the saAS platforms that you that you mentioned, and I was almost at the point of pulling the trigger i can 't remember which one I was looking at, but it was one of the two that you mentioned but um but i've always always want to do things like this on my own hardware you know i 'd rather have a WordPress plugin if there is one than pay for a sas app and then, for reasons i can't quite remember, I stumbled across yours in a in a Facebook group. It was maybe even you mentioning it i can't remember and um, and and off we went and I purchased it and installed it on the website in question which is over on on a b split test I think it's at forward slash roadmap there's, there's basically no interaction on there yet because I'm still beginning that journey but the it's so simple you basically upload the plugin there's a couple of short codes there's a one page of documentation to read I mean there's maybe more documentation than that but you you bang a short code into one page and call it something and tell the plugin what that page is. And then there's another one. If you want to use the the kind of roadmap feature Um, and you're off to the races, it's pretty simple. The idea is that people get to the site and see um, a a sort of filterable list of bits and pieces that your, your customers are wanting to give you information about. Um, Yeah. So, so, Tell us how how it works. I mean, you designed it to look like this other system, user voice. Is there there a reason why it behaves that way? Did you figure that that was the the most intuitive set of um, UIs in in the industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, WooCommerce use it and loads of big companies use that, so it must be working. Um, You'll find a lot of these feature request systems are all similar in the way they look. Um, you know, so there's, there's not really any other way to, to make it look, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it essentially means that if, if someone, I mean, the, the normal way that I would have requested, uh, would have had some feedback from a customer is that they would email it in. Um, And, you know, you'd you'd either make a mental note of that or perhaps you'd drop it into a spreadsheet. Um, And the issue with that was that if someone else then comes in with the same request, you've got these, uh, you know, you've got two requests for the same thing. And you probably aren't combining those requests into a number of Mm -hmm. votes for a certain request. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the thing we do now is when someone emails in with a request, we say, yeah, that sounds great. Can you go and leave it on our request board um, or vote on this request where someone's already asked for the same thing? Um, and the good thing that our plugin will then do is when I change the status of request so that the default status when a request is submitted would be pending, uh, which means no one except the admin of the site and the person who submitted the request can see it Um, So the admin can then go on and approve it uh, and they would set it to published or, you know, one of the other statuses, which would be something along the lines of under review, um, started, completed, declined. Uh, I think there might be another one It's probably just published, actually. Mm. Um, So the good thing is that once it's published and other people come along and vote on that request, the When you change the status of it, uh, WordPress will email the author of the request and everyone that's voted on it, um, and it will say, you know, hey, just to let you know, the request you voted on has updated its status to completed. it. Um, whereas previously, if you're doing it a manual way and you've yeah. got this spreadsheet of people leaving requests and you don't necessarily... You know, store their email address, um, and if you do, you have to then compose an email to twenty people that says the same thing.
0: That's interesting. I'm just I'm just imagining a scenario here where, let's say, for example, that there are eight thousand people who are using my request system. I am, for some reason, suddenly enormously popular. And, and everybody has decided they want this one feature and has voted it up to the top. So there's 8,000 people who voted for this one feature, which then goes to, I don't know, completed. Um, how, how Are you sort of scheduling the emails out, or are they sort of going on a, you know, 10 at a time, or how does that work? I'm just thinking about the, the, uh, the, the possible fun you could have sending out many, many emails. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
1: they're all queued up. So it uses a... A custom-built queuing system, um, and they essentially then send out via cron. Right. Um. So it should prevent any, you know, overloading of the server. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's I've I've never seen a request with eight uh, eight thousand votes. No. On it. <laughs> yeah, but you but do get, you do get hundreds. I mean, I, I've rarely seen a request that has a thousand votes on it. Yeah. Um. More likely, if you've got a fairly popular site, you're going to see, you know, three to five hundred. Um, but yeah, you can also it, it uses WP Mail, so if you set it up uh, yeah, yeah, yeah to work with an SMTP plugin, you know, it'll use that yeah yeah to actually process and send the mail. Um, so there's uh, the, the configuration
0: options are in the settings. You've kept it really nice and light. Um, but maybe we'll get onto the road the roadmap of the feature request plugin, which <laughs> which is an interesting one, um, <coughs> a bit later. But so you basically you rock up to the site and right at the top where where you in, install the shortcode. If you just go for the the, the basic shortcode without any parameters put in, you get the full Monty. You get the whole setup. So you get the you get a sidebar which contains the ability to to create an account, register an account with an email or a password. And also you've got the option to, to log in. You will also see the top feature requests with the most votes and a list of categories as well. And then you see what you might expect to see on such a thing. In the main area, you get a little box indicating how many um, votes something has received. That box also uh, serves double duty as an area where you yourself can upvote. Quite a nice thing that you've added into the plugin, whereby you can you can limit the amount of votes that one individual or one user account gets. Is there a reason for that? Because I was when I was playing with it, I set that up and I just arbitrarily thought, well, let's just give them ten. So that means that any individual user can spread those ten votes out. And once they've reached that ceiling, they can no longer vote unless they remove a vote from something else. Why? Why? Why was that in? Is it just to stop people getting trigger happy?
1: uh in a way i mean it was actually a request that one that, that someone wanted to be able to do that um and the reasoning is that if if you for example have 3 votes to leave on uh you know 3 different requests you're going to really carefully think about which 3 uh features are of most importance to you mm-hmm. so you get a you get a better idea of what people's actual priorities are if they could vote on everything um you know, then you could have the same number of votes on every request, and mm. it wouldn't really show the the priority. People might see a request and think, "Oh yeah, that'd be good," click it, but they don't. You know, they don't really care if that comes to the plugin or not.
0: Not having um, not having a site which is busy enough to worry about that, um, I, and also not not being able to test it myself. What happens, let's say that you've limited it to three votes and, and I try to desperately click on a fourth thing. Is there something that pops up to tell me, you know, you've used up your request, either go and
1: remove a vote off something else or just live with it? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, they get a pop up that says you don't have any more votes left uh, and you can either go back to it doesn't say this, but you can either go back to a, a request that you voted on and click it again. It, it will unvote it. Um, and then you can go and use that elsewhere. Oh, um, or and or also, just live with it. <laughs> yeah, or or yeah, like you say. Deal with
0: it. <laughs> so the 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 capability to to filter things is pretty nice. You've got the the by default you're looking at kind of like the latest ones. Well I presume that's the default because it's what I'm looking at on your website at the moment. And yeah. then there's the option to to click a little button next to that which uh, says top and that then uh, as you might imagine, push pushes the the filtering such that the, the one with the most votes goes to the top. On your website currently, with fifteen votes, conditional logic is the is the one that's uh, is the most requested thing. And then you've got the the option to filter by the status of it. So you you want to only see things that have been completed or declined or under review. And then you've got an arbitrary set of categories that you can set up in in the same exact way that you would set up WordPress categories. You can set up set up these so that and then they appear as little badges, little um, little with a nice little background color, just so they sort of stand out in the UI. Um, and then once you've done your filtering and you've decided what it is that you want to to click on, you then just click on it and you go to a a single page which has got. Is it just normal WordPress comments you've got on there? You've got the, the actual thing itself. Who who decided to share this? So in this case, it's got your little thumbnail image of your avatar and then some open
1: comments system. Yeah, the uh, the comments will just inherit uh, whatever your theme uses. Yep. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of
0: how it works. And then if you go back, there's a breadcrumb, obviously, just to keep you on track. And then if you go back to, uh, I don't know if that's part of the plugin, actually. I don't think it is, is it? That's probably just on your website. I'm not sure. Um, then if you go back to the the main page, you can then start typing. And this is quite nice. I, I really like the way you've built this. If you start typing into the, the box where you can submit your own request, then all the other all the other fields appear where you can basically give it a description, add a category, and then submit it. So what happens, what's the what's the, the the sort of journey that I would go through as a, in this case, let's say a, a plugin developer or theme owner or whatever it would be, and I'm receiving requests and somebody comes to my website, types in a request. How does that workflow work? What do I need to do to make it appear on the website and give it the appropriate uh, place on the website?
1: Yeah, so the flow would be the the customer would come to your site, they would type into the search box, like you say, um to start submitting their their own request Um, and what what that box does is it searches the existing requests to find any that are similar to what they're entering Um, and it gives you the choice it says you know you can either vote on one of these five requests or you can continue and submit your own Um, and that kind of filters out one round of emails that you would usually get, you know, where someone's emailing to to request something that's already been requested, they can just find it in that list. Nice, yeah.
0: Yep. Add
1: their vote, uh, and you you don't hear from them other than having, you know, the value from what they were trying to give to you, mm-hmm. um, kind of silently added to your site. Um, but if they choose to proceed and add a feature request, it essentially submits the request. Um to you and it, it creates a new uh post it's obviously a custom post um in the back end of wordpress and it sets the status to pending so when the user submits the request they'll get redirected to the the single request page uh, and it will say your request is pending you know it'll be accepted soon or declined um and you as an admin can then see this request uh, you'll get an email that says, you know, someone's submitted a request uh, and you can see this this list of requests in the back end of your WordPress, um, much the same as if you were looking at a list of posts or pages on your site. Um, so from there, you can then, you can either go into the individual request to edit it and you can change the status in there. Um, you know, you, it, it's kind of, on you, whether you choose to publish it or decline it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, you read whatever the person has submitted and make your decision. Um, and at that point it will, it will then be visible to anyone who comes to the site unless you declined it.
0: Right. Okay. Um, and then in the, the sort of admin area, you know, you the typical WordPress admin area. The, it's exactly as you might expect. You can see if there's a comment count, you can see the number of votes, is that field sortable? You can sort by. It. Yeah, it is. That's nice. Um, see the status of it, and then obviously you can click in and fiddle with the post itself. Um, you know, change its status or what have you. Are we are we able to the the status that it comes out the box with, or at least I believe this is the status that it comes out the box with because I haven't fiddled with these. You've got, as you said earlier, you've got pending, published, under review, planned started, completed, declined. Are you able to add or take away from those if they don't fit or are they just hard-coded into the plugin?
1: Uh, You can add to them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I built the plugin, I built it in a way that meant it could be very easily customized. Um, So if you look at the code base of the plugin, there's a lot of filters and hooks that you can hook into. Um, so yeah you can you can hook in you can add your own statuses uh, you can you know change what the default status is you can add your own taxonomies um, so obviously by default you can filter by category uh, but you could add any number of other taxonomies that you wanted Hmm. Um, and yeah there's, there's loads of stuff like that the whole templating system is based around hooks as well so you can you know remove any aspect of the template mm. uh, you can move it or you can override it and um, so it's pretty flexible for developers
0: yeah it does the, the the status sort of serves double duty doesn't it in some cases because it, obviously if it's pending then it's pending and nothing's much is happening uh, published I presume literally means that it's available to see on the website but you're basically not giving it any you know I'm not necessarily going to do it. I might I might not kind of thing. Yeah. But then you've got these other ones where you've got under review, planned, started, completed. And some of those tap into something which we haven't yet mentioned, which is that there's a there's a kind of roadmap layout built into the plugin as well. So do you just want to tell us how these statuses if, affect the way that the roadmap looks and, and, in fact, what the roadmap does look like?
1: Yeah. So the roadmap is essentially another short code that you can use. Um, and it will let you list, the default is three columns, mm-hmm. uh, but you can list any number of columns uh, and each column reflects a status. So uh, I think the columns by default are, I don't know if you can see it. I haven't, I haven't well, I'm, it
0: I'm going to quickly pull up mine and I'll tell you what I'm looking at as soon as I've done that. Um, it is... Okay, so oh no, I've only got the started up. So that's okay, all I I've, can I've see. got it yeah. up
1: here. Yeah, um, so it's under review, planned, and started. That's it. So they're kind of the three stages. So under review would mean that you're you know assessing this request, deciding whether it's uh, worthy of adding, how you might add it, uh, and then once you've decided that yeah, we are going to add this, you can add it to the you can change the status to planned. Um, and then obviously once it gets to the time that you're going to start developing it, you can change it to started. Um, so by default, you've got those, those three columns and it, it essentially gives people or customers the chance to have a quick overview of where your product is heading. Um, you know, whether the features that they're looking for are going to be added into the product. Mm. Um, and, yeah, again, is is a method of reducing the number of requests that you might get asking the same thing where you could just present this information to your customer um, and have them see it without, you know, it, it saves them the hassle of sending you an email and it saves you the hassle of, Responding to the same email over and over again. It's interesting.
0: Um, whenever I find myself <laughs> accidentally lurking around in places like AppSumo, which you may or may not have come across, yeah. the um, this is the thing that everybody wants to know. They're really desperately keen to see. Well, obviously, in a lifetime deal scenario, they're they're wanting to see what future value the product has for them. But the the ability to see the roadmap is really. On the top of everybody's minds, it would seem. You know, they they want to see this, and your plugin just completely auto creates it based upon, well, by default, the the three categories that you've you've just highlighted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's definitely a popular thing that people want to see, um, and as well, you, you know, if you get a message that says what are you planning to add to the plugin? You can just direct them to this page.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, um, I find more and more that people are putting these kind of things in the footer of the website along with, you know, the copyright notice and yeah. so on and so forth. There it is, you know, the, uh, the affiliate link and the, the link to the roadmap or the feedback. That's certainly what I've done. I've just put a roadmap, just called it forward slash roadmap and forward slash feedback. I think it is on our site for the, for the feedback and the roadmap respectively. Are there any, um, are there any customization options? So you mentioned that um, you can, if you are prepared to dig in a little bit and fiddle with WordPress hooks and so on and so forth, you can do that. Do you have any customization options in there? So, for example, can you make it look like the site? Does it just inherit things that come out of the theme, or are there options to, I don't know, change font colors, font sizes, the way the backgrounds of certain things look, or, or indeed, if they're not there, are they are they on your
1: roadmap? <laughs> <laughs> um So the plugin will inherit your site styles um mostly. So we we inherit you know the font family, the the sizing of headings, um link colors and things like that. Um, the actual layout of it is is all predefined and the reason I do that is to, avoid overloading people with too many options. Mm. Um, What I would potentially do in the future is to add different themes that is, you know, predefined layouts um, rather than allowing people to customize every individual part of it from the settings. Uh, I mean, if you did want to customize it all, then the option is there to do it via code. Um, But I I don't think I would ever add that. Yeah. Yeah yeah that level of fine grain detail to the settings one of the
0: one of the things that when i when i look at these roadmaps is that the word that comes into my mind is like kanban they've got this kind of yeah. like channels um lanes whatever the right word for that is and um and one of the things that i'm used to doing on things like trello and what have you is as a as a logged in user i'm i'm kind of used to being able to say i want to move that from started over to completed by by the with the mouse you know sort of clicking mm. and dragging uh, at the moment you've got to actually log into the task and change the category and so on again there's just interest from my part whether that's the sort of thing you
1: are thinking of doing or or no it's not it's never been mentioned before but it's mm. definitely a, a cool concept um yeah that that would be really cool to see i guess the the thing we'd want to try and avoid is having um this you know that that level of customization on the front end i yeah. would have thought yeah
0: but also uh, you you're depending on how many how many things are on your roadmap, how many of those channels you've got. It doesn't actually cover all the categories necessarily anyway, so it may just end up confusing you. Like, yeah. You know, where, uh, where's that one gone or, you know, it disappeared? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really, really sweet plugin. It does this one thing which um, which we've obviously tried to outline. It'll get you feedback from your customers without you having to interact with them too much and hopefully it will alert them to stuff which has already been requested again avoiding you the headache of having to do that via email and then it will show it on a nice handy roadmap which as i said seems to be at the top of everybody's minds when they when they're investing in something what's the um what's the pricing model that you've got on this then
1: um so we we do have a free version of the plugin uh which is on wordpress.org and it's it's you get a working feature request board um but it's it's limited in features so you don't get the categories uh you don't get some of the bulk update stuff that you can do in terms of updating multiple requests at the same time um so if you want all of the pro features it's 79 dollars a year Mm -hmm. um which uh, is you know a lot cheaper than what you'd find for any saas style product that um, offers the same thing.
0: Yeah, it really is. I was I was really quite surprised at how expensive the SAS ones were. Um per month. You know, yeah, considering I mean, it shows, what it um, does. Yeah shows the value of getting you know feedback yeah yeah indeed so $79 pro um is there a lim- limitation on the number of websites you can put that on or is that just $79 um, put it as where that is where a single
1: are. site uh, oh. license yeah okay um i haven't added it to the site yet but there is a multi site uh there is multi site pricing uh, available okay, um, but i yeah. i found that most people that use this have you know one product in mind for it and um, as you may well expect,
0: it is being used upon itself, which is very bizarre. Uh, James is using his plugin to find feature requests about the plugin in question, which is just really, really intriguing. As I said. inception. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the word I was looking for. Um, so you can go and check it out. You'll be able to instantly see. So if you go to simplefeaturerequest.com forward, well, and then just click feature requests in the main menu at the top. You'll see the layout as we've been trying to describe it. And then next to it, if you click roadmap, you'll see that Kanban um, board layout, which inherits the the status that you give it. And there's a documentation page as well. As James said, $79 per year um, for a single site license. It's great, you know, until you've started doing stuff like this and needing feature requests, you kind of assume that you can get away with email until one day, I think you realise this is just a mess. I need something much more automated. And so this will do the job nicely. James, sadly, we're out of time. Um, Before we knock it on the head though, is there anything you you would feel that we left out or maybe a URL that you want to plug, something else that you're up to, anything? The floor is yours.
1: Uh, There's a couple of things in terms of this product um, about what's coming to the plugin in the future. Um, So we're working on adding guest voting. So at the moment, you have to have an account to be able to uh, leave a request or vote on a request. Um, We're also working on the ability to have multiple boards. So you could have uh, a feature request board for a specific product. So on Iconic, for example, uh, I could have a board for each plugin that we offer on Iconic um and the other thing is more for the admin where we would offer some more reporting options um and the ability to kind of give each request uh, a value and the amount of time that it would take you to develop that so you can get a a more statistical understanding of what would be best to prioritize
0: Oh, nice so the roadmap for the roadmap is really good yeah really nice well Really good, really good. You've got some things on the website uh, under review at the moment. Add option to display users' remaining votes. Ah, there you go. Uh, Dark mode and allow users to downvote. Ooh, controversial. Allow users to downvote a request. There you go. That's interesting. So there you have it, simplefeaturerequest.com. There'll be links in the show notes to everything that we've talked about. But um, James, thanks for joining us so much today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been good.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always very nice to chat to talented developers such as James doing fun things in WordPress. Go over to the show notes at wpbuilds.com. Search for this episode. It's episode number 209. There's an archive in the menu at the top and you'll be able to find all of the links to the products and services mentioned in this episode, namely iconic WP and simple feature requests. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. You can use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything really. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we will be back next Thursday. It'll be a discussion or a debate or something similar like that between David Wormsley and I. But also on Tuesday, join us at 2 p.m. UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live for this week in WordPress. And also look out for the newsletter that will be coming out on Tuesday, which will cover the posts that we cover in that live. You can subscribe and find out more about all of this at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, that's almost it. Only one thing left to do, as usual. I'm gonna fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.